Cool. Thank you. Thanks, fans. <laughs> it's good to be here. Um, it's good to see you. As Brendan said, my name is Shane. If we haven't met, um, I'm going to be sharing God's word this morning, and it's—I uh, think it's a real privilege to be. Okay, I'm really going to get my bearings here. Sorry, I'm trying to get used to the space. Uh, okay, that's a bit better. Um, so it's a real privilege to stand up here and share God's word. I love His word. I absolutely love this word. I think it's resonant. It's got so much power within it to change and transform our lives. Uh, resonant within this word. And um, while we're on the subject of transformation, we've just finished, well, not just about four or five weeks ago, we finished that Transform series where, where we actually uncovered some deep truths inside our lives. Um, Grant spoke on just being self-aware. Just being self-aware, what happens, how we respond, why we respond, why we do certain things. Kimmy spoke brilliantly on being vulnerable, uh, being vulnerable before God, where we can actually ex- just expose our weaknesses and our shame and our brokenness and our stuff, and also being vulnerable towards each other. Um, I spoke on our past and how it's influenced us, who we are, um, who we are today is largely as a result of our past, but it doesn't need to determine our future. Just to name a few, I can't go through everything. But after a series like that, who's feeling transformed? Who's feeling like you are a new person, like you're this new creation, ready to take on the world, ready to face anything? Hey? Well, if you are that, I'm super stoked for you. Okay, and long may it last. But if you're anything like me, I feel pretty much the same. (laughs) Let me phrase it differently. Who here feels the same after the Transformed series? Who here really wants to be transformed, but is perhaps a little bit frustrated by the lack of transformation in your life? Or who here wants to see the results of faithfully serving God year after year after year, or month after month if you're new to this faith, but we don't see any results? Yeah? Well, this morning, (laughs) I think I've really got a cool message that is going to blow wind in our sails. Sorry, can I get rid of this? Because I'm worried I'm going to trip on it. Sorry for the decor team. It's a really cool rug, but that thing's got to (laughs) go. So I think I've got a message that's going to blow wind into our sails. And as is custom, we'll start off with a story. So my wonderful little seven-year-old daughter, Holly, got given the stocking at school, full of soil inside. And you know, like they make the ball out of that like stocking thing, and it's got little eyes on, it's got a little nose, a little mouth, and it's got like seeds of grass in its, where the head kind of is. And she was told that um, if you water this uh, little stocking, hair would begin to grow, well, grass would grow, and that would be the hair. So you can imagine her excitement. She came home from school. She didn't bother taking off her school uniform, which is the first thing she generally does. And you can see where she is because you can follow the trail of the school uniform. So she didn't even take it off. She didn't even take off her bag. She just bolted straight to the kitchen, opened the tap, put this little stocking underneath there, and stared at it. And she was like, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. And you can imagine how disappointed she was. Alas, no growth. The next morning, she woke up. Bolted down the steps. Oh, I forgot to time myself. Bolted down the steps. Got her little stocking thing. More water. More water. More water. Soak this thing in water. And watch, watch. Oh, no growth. So she was very bummed because she expected immediate growth straight away. So why do I share that story? Because you know sometimes we can be like that with our Christian growth. Maybe we read the Bible. We worship Jesus with everything inside of us. We come to church faithfully. We attend a life group during the week. We have really, really good intentions about wanting to grow with our faith, but we can't, we can't uh, see or feel anything happening. And perhaps maybe we begin to feel disqualified. 
we begin to lose hope, we begin to wonder, God, are you really there? Do you hear me? Do you know me? Am I growing? But as I said earlier this morning, I'm so excited to share what I have to share. I just want to share a few observations on Christian growth. It's going to be probably a little bit different to how I normally share. It's going to be a little more of a teaching. Um, They're not exhaustive by any means. It's not the authority on Christian growth. It's just three observations, and then uh, we can have a tea downstairs. (laughs) So if you've got your Bible, I'm going to be speaking from Galatians 5, 19 to 25. If you want to turn there, if you don't have your Bible, it will come up on the back. Now this is a letter written to the church. A lot of the books in the New Testament are letters that have been written to a church facing a particular issue. And this letter was written by Paul, um, and it's a letter to the Galatians. So we'll pick it up in 19. I'm not going to go through it. List everything. I'm going to jump around a little bit. But Galatians 5.19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and then he lists a few. But I want to pick it up on Galatians, uh, sorry, at uh, 22, 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, or some versions say kindness. Uh, Sorry, some versions say uh, patience. Um, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Or some versions say, let us walk in the Spirit. So three observations that I want to speak about. Firstly, the nature of Christian growth. How, that, so the nature of Christian growth, that growth is inevitable, that we, do, that we will grow as believers. And how can we grow in our faith? So firstly... The nature of Christian change or the nature of Christian growth is botanical in nature. I, don't, I think Paul was very intentional when he used the word fruit of the Spirit. It's not because he couldn't come up with any better metaphor. I think it was very, very intentional. He's using botanical growth as a growth, uh, sorry, as a metaphor for Christian growth. So what I mean by botanical, if you think of botany, think of how a plant grows or how a tree grows, it's invisible. You don't see it happening. It's slow. It's gradual. It takes time. We don't see this overnight growth. Holly didn't see that hair, well, the, what do you call that thing? See, I'm obsessed with hair because I don't have any. Um, the grass, the grass coming out of that little stock. We don't see this boom overnight growth in, in botanical. And botanical growth is different to mechanical growth. What do I mean by that? You see, mechanical growth is where you add things by effort. So you add things. If, you, if I have a pile of bricks here and I want to move it to here and build a pile here, we add things. So we add things onto this pile to make it grow. That's mechanical. I'm adding things. I'm putting things on. It's an external source. It's effort. It's making this mechanical growth. Um, but botanical growth is from the inside out. See, botanical growth, how we grow as believers, it's from the inside out. I don't know how plants grow. I don't know what, maybe the botanists here in the room can explain one day, but something happens inside of them, and they grow. We can't see it happening, but it's happening, and they grow slowly, slowly, slowly. Given enough time and the right environment, they grow. They begin to grow. Now, the first four chapters of Galatians is all about confronting this external behavior. So that mechanical growth, Paul spends a a good four chapters um, having a go at this mechanical growth, where the Galatians were trying to put stuff on um, using mechanical growth. They were essentially 
trying to please God by if they try hard enough, then God will be pleased with them. If I, if I do just a little bit more than what I'm currently doing, maybe, just maybe, God will accept me. If I, um, I don't know if you've ever thought like that. I need to do more stuff, and then maybe God will be pleased with me. And Paul, Paul nails it on the head. He says, you will never be good enough. There is nothing that you can do to prove yourself to God. There is nothing that you can do. There's no amount of mechanical growth um, that you can do to make yourself acceptable and pleasing to God. It's like me trying to jump to the moon. It's not going to happen because God's requirements are too high. His standards, the law, is too high. You won't be able to achieve it. But there's good news coming. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm pressing too hard on this thing. It's shrinking. Uh, okay. Um... <laughs> You'll never be good enough on your own because the law is too high. You'll never be able to prove yourself. We cannot clean ourselves up. We can't clean ourselves and make ourselves presentable to God any more than a dead person can resuscitate themselves. So the doctors in the room, you know, when there's a dead person lying there, they can't now suddenly get up, go get that defibrillator. You impressed, eh? <laughs> Take those little paddle things, and now I'm alive. Woo-hoo-hoo. We can't clean ourselves up any more than a dead person can resuscitate themselves. The Bible says we are dead in our sins and transgressions. We need a Savior. We need, and I'll get to that. Jesus did this all for us. Jesus did it for us. So before I get distracted, let me get back to the nature of Christian growth. So what do we do once we've accepted this? What do we do once we've accepted that Jesus has died for our sins? He's paid the price. He died on the cross when it should have been you and me hanging on that cross. He hung on the cross for us. He paid the price for us. And we've accepted that. What do we do now in the interim once we've accepted that and once we wait until we see him face to face again one day? What do we do in that sort of interim period? Well, Galatians 5 talks about um, that we, we begin to walk by the Spirit. We begin to show signs of growth in our lives. And one of those... It's fruit of the Spirit. It's an example of how we grow. But why do we get so disheartened by the perceived lack of growth in our lives? Anyone felt like that? Sorry, love. Can you pass the water, please? I'm results-driven. It probably drives my amazing wife here a little bit mad. But I'm results-driven. I want to see results in things I do. So I get very frustrated <laughs> because I think I'm not growing. And um, let me save you some frustration if you think like me. I've learned a very, very helpful lesson while preparing for this, that Christian growth and change is gradual. It is slow. It is so slow. Like trees growing, it is slow. You can't see a tree growing. It takes time. And very seldom do we see dramatic growth. Very, very seldom. And for most of us, we don't have this boom, dramatic growth. It doesn't happen overnight. And I don't know where this crazy perception came from. But sometimes we think, if I read my Bible, the heavens are going to open and there's going to be this direct revelation, boom, download, and I'm ready to take on the world. Maybe that happens for you, and if it does, then you are the exception. But I think for most of us, that doesn't happen. Or maybe we pray for a few minutes a day, and suddenly we want to hear the audible voice of God. That doesn't happen either. <laughs> and as much as praying and reading the Bible, they are vital to our growth. We, we, we have to be doing that, praying, reading the Word, spending time. Cre- but all we're doing is we're creating the right environment for us to grow. For that seed that's inside of us to grow. Christian growth is slow and gradual, and this is key. In fact, if you think I've been waffling, if you can just remember this one thing from today, I'll be super stoked. It's not something we can feel happening. 
We cannot feel the growth. We need to move away from this feelings-based faith because our feelings are all over the place at times, some more than others. Um, <clears throat> but we have to move away from a feelings-based faith. But you know why? Because I don't feel like I am growing as a believer. If I have to be honest, sometimes I don't feel I'm growing because we can't feel growth. We can only measure growth. I'll give you an example. About four months ago, uh, I decided to join a gym, partly because I had three people in the space of one week tap my tummy and say, what's going on there, bud? So that was enough motivation for me. And like any rookie, um, I get to the gym and I think, I'm going to whack this treadmill. <laughs> so I get on this thing and, and I'm like dying. Here. I can't even make a kilometer. I got off there and it felt like the, there were suddenly springs in the gym floor because I was like floating kind of thing. Um, I was very unfit. But... A little humble brag here. The other day I did a 10K on the treadmill. Woohoo! Aren't you impressed? <laughs> well, you might not be always. <laughs> but do I feel any fitter? No! I don't feel any fitter at all sitting here. In fact, I feel the same as what I did four months ago. But if you measure my fitness, it'll tell you a different story. We can't feel growth, we can only measure growth. I'll give you another example. I remember the first day that I went to high school. I saw these matrics, or what do you, grade 12s. So do you still call them matrics? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I'm still in the know on something. Uh, and these guys were huge. They were like men. They had these deep voices. They were like, whoa. I remember them greeting their headmasters. Where am I? Um, I mean, they were so big, they even shaved. I mean, they did like dad things. They shaved. And then I got there. And uh, suddenly, now I'm the metric. I didn't feel any more of a man. I didn't feel any more of like a, a breaker because I'm shaving kind of thing. But I had grown over those years. I didn't feel the growth, but I knew I had grown. Another example, you might be sitting here. Um, just think of your heart. Do you feel any taller than you did when you stopped growing? I mean, I can't use an exact number because some of you might have been 10 years ago. Some of you might have been more than that. Um, <laughs> but do you feel any taller? I don't feel any taller. I feel the same height as what I did when I was in grade one. But standing here now, I know I'm taller. If you measure my height, it'll tell you I'm taller. We can't feel growth. We can only measure growth. You know what I mean? Are you with me? Same applies to our Christian growth. We, can't we can sometimes feel, fall into this trap of feeling frustrated because we don't feel like we're growing. I just don't feel like we're growing. So how do we measure if we're growing as believers? One of the ways you can tell if you're growing is when difficult or tough times or challenging times or something just comes from left field and kind of takes you out. Um, remember, we can't feel growth. We can only measure it. So I'll give you an example. If I'm carrying a bowl of liquid and the glass or the bowl is opaque, you can't see through it. You don't know what's in this liquid. Only when I'm bumped, what comes out is reveals what's inside. And that's one way of measuring how we're growing. I don't know about you, but... Have you ever done this? Have you ever looked back on your life and, uh, or you've gone through a situation and you think, yo, I handled that totally differently to what I would have done maybe a month or six months or maybe a year ago. Uh, you, you look back and you think, sure, thank you, Lord. I don't, know, I don't know how I handled that because everything inside of me wanted to act differently. But wow, I handled it so differently. You're measuring your growth. It's a way of measuring how you're growing as a believer. 
I experienced this last weekend. Uh, I hate to use myself as an example, but it's all I've got. So bear with me. So we were away last weekend. We were on a company incentive trip. We were on like a little catamaran, that boat cruise thing in, 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 the har- in a harbor in the Cape somewhere. And uh, there was lots of champagne and stuff flowing. And I was very reluctant to mix champagne because I could seasick quite well, not motion sick quite quickly. So I thought that's going to be a hectic combination if I mix those two. But nonetheless, there was a gentleman who was not worried about his seasickness and was clopping the champagne. And he thought it would be a great idea to start shaking champagne and spraying people with it. <laughs> so what did he do? He shook this champagne, and I probably looked, I don't know, a bit nerdy there drinking my water, and uh, maybe I was a soft target, and he shook it, and he ran up to me, and he sprayed me with champagne. <laughs> now, for those of you, I've spoken about my past before. I was a bit of a hooligan, had a short fuse. I mean, there were times where someone just bumped me in the classroom, and suddenly I'd, he was lying on the floor. Not that I'm a breaker. I was very insecure. I didn't know. I'm not trying to advocate that for anyone, but I had a short fuse, and I would like just throw punches. <laughs> Fortunately, God's done an incredible work in me, and I haven't punched anyone lately, um, <laughs> but I just stood there, and I, and I just said to him, hmm, now that's not very mature now, is it? I'm covered in champagne. I, it doesn't smell very nice, because it was cheap champagne. I don't know if expensive champagne smells any nicer, but... <laughs> But as he walked away, I actually went to apologize to him. I went to apologize to him, and I thought, hey, sorry, I said you're not mature. So, you know, uh, gospel, gospel, wherever you can, forgive, forgive, forgive. Um, but actually, as he walked away, I felt God say to me, can you see how you've grown? Can you see how you've grown in the area of patience? Do I feel more, did I feel more patient before he sprayed me? <laughs> no, I don't feel more patient. But getting sprayed with champagne, <laughs> and it was freezing cold as well. It's just this thing for me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Actually, despite how I'm feeling, you're still working inside of me. You're still growing me, despite my lack of feeling patient. And that is probably one example. I can list many failures (laughs) where I've messed up. Um, But nonetheless, he doesn't give up on us despite our failures. He still works in us. But what about you? Please, before I continue, I'm not the hero in the story. Please don't think I'm standing up here saying, you, you want to check it fruit, look at me. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. I'm just using it as an example, how I reacted totally differently to how I normally would have reacted with not a nice way. But what about you? Maybe you're going through something right now eh? where, where you're thinking you might be going through something right now. We think in years ago, I would never be able to go through this. Maybe you're going through like a financial stressful time. Maybe you're going through relational tension. Maybe you've got a medical condition. Maybe there's pressure at work. Maybe there's just so much uncertainty about your future, but you're actually in a place of peace where, because you know who holds your future. You have grown. You are growing in God when we measure how you're reacting. My example of, of that jovial person spraying me was an example of how I've grown in patience. What about you? What areas of your life have you grown in? Because this is my second point. Christian change is inevitable. And this was also liberating for me while preparing this, that it's inevitable. Do you know why? Because in 1 Peter 1.23, it says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Living and enduring means it never dies. It never dies. So when we sow God's word into us, sorry, that's that might sound a bit weird. When you read God's word and it goes inside of you um, and it becomes a part of you, 
And it goes inside. We put it inside. It's imperishable. It becomes a part of us, and it never dies. Um, I know it's a it's not the greatest example, but like if you think of songs, like have you, have you ever noticed how you cannot hear a song for like 20 years? Suddenly you'll hear it again and you know all the, you know the tunes. You, you can like sing along. I know it's a silly example, but like I heard the song Gummy Bears the other day. Goodness gracious, I haven't heard that song for 30 years and I was, Gummy Bears bouncing. In. You know, I, I don't know where that came from, but it was uh, something inside of me. How much more when we can get God's word inside of us? That endures, it's the seed that produces the fruit. It's the seed that produces the fruit. Um, on its own, you see, a seed on its own looks rather useless. Okay, it's just this tiny little thing, this tiny little thing. Um, but resonant inside it has such potential to change your life. God's word on its own won't do anything sitting on your bookshelf. But take it out and get it inside of you. Create the right environment. Oh, growth is going to happen. Tim Keller tells the story of someone who um, visited a graveyard in Italy. It's an old graveyard, 600-year-old graveyard, and it had this massive marble stone on it. Um, and what happened was 600 years ago, somehow a tiny little acorn got inside that graveyard. Now, if you look at it and you think, uh, acorn, marble slab, Sorry, acorn, no chance. But given enough time in the right environment, 600 years later, that, that oak tree that came through there split that marble because that's the power in botanical growth. Botanical growth wins all the time. And what's the point? Why do I share that analogy? Because our Christian growth is botanical. Our, when we get God's word inside of us, when we get that seed inside of us, it's almost like we become like unstoppable because it's the word that does the thing inside of us, not us. It's the word. It's not, we don't do this mechanical thing. We get that word inside of us. And let me not get ahead of myself. Um, so over time, the seed will always win. See, when we, open ourselves, when we open ourselves up to allow this word to do a work inside of us, we will worry less. We will become more patient. We will become more loving. We will become wiser. We will be able to face the future why? Because we know who holds the future. See, when we get this word inside of us, oh man, you will change. Growth is inevitable because the growth does not rely solely on me. It relies, the, the power is resonant within the word itself. You see, because growth is inevitable. If you've opened yourself up, there will be change. If you're reading his word, listening to his voice, allowing the word to transform you, Submitting your life to what the Word says. This is key. It's not going to happen on its own. When we submit our lives to the Word, growth happens. Change happens. You don't feel anything, but it's inevitable. We can't cause the growth, and that's key. We can't cause the growth. It's mechanical growth. The Word changes us inside of us, and we open ourselves up. We don't see trees forcing out fruit. You don't, next time you look at a tree, a lemon tree or orange tree, you can't see that, that fruit trying to like squeeze through a branch. No, it just parks there and it's in the vine. And what happens? Oh, it just flourishes. We don't try to force out this fruit. So how does this change happen? Okay, before I continue, I want to make something very clear. We're not forgiven or reconciled or accepted before God based on the amount of fruit that we produce. That, I want to like nail that thing. That's the, actually the most important thing, actually. Actually, they're all, yeah. Uh, so we, we can't decide one day, in order for me to accept my God, 
I need to be more patient. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more full of joy. I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, often hear this line. No, I'm going to sort myself out first and then I'll surrender to God. Guys, you will not be able to sort your life out first and then surrender to God. As we, so we come in our brokenness to him and we say, Lord, here I am. And you know what he does is he takes us in our brokenness and he begins to fashion and mold and shape us into something beautiful. So we are only reconciled to God because of what Jesus has done for us. Please don't, don't misread what I'm trying to say this morning. We are not saved. We are not reconciled to God by the fruits of the Spirit. We're reconciled to God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, that he's paid the price for us. So how do we grow? Now, this is really cool. Paul is making a distinction here between works of the flesh or acts of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. You see, notice how he says works, works of the flesh, fruits of the Spirit. It doesn't say fruits of the Spirit, weeds of the flesh. Because works is something you do, and the fruits of the Spirit is something you open yourself up to, and you allow God to do inside of you. I love that. He's intentionally mixing them. Works of the flesh, fruit of the Spirit. It's no accident. See, a gardener or a farmer cannot make fruit fruit grow. He can only create the environment through which the power in the seed is released. You know what I mean? Like a farmer can't make that fruit grow. He just tills it, takes out some weeds. So we, we can't make ourselves more loving. We can't make ourselves more peaceful. We can't, excuse me, make ourselves more patient. God does that. I think, that, I think that's so liberating. Um, so how do we get, how do we grow? How do we get this change? Do we just sit back now because growth is inevitable? Oh, the power's in the word. No, no, no. No, it doesn't work like that. We open ourselves up. We open ourselves up to what the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of us. If we want to grow in the natural, we must eat fruit. We mu- oh, food, sorry. We must eat food. We must drink water. We must exercise. We must take care of ourselves. If we want a plant to grow, we must fertilize it. Take out the weeds. Make it grow. See, the point is that although growth is inevitable, it doesn't happen automatically. We can't leave a baby to fend for itself. It requires sustenance. And we need sustenance to grow. The same applies to us spiritually. So where do we get the sustenance from? If we want to grow in our faith, we, 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 want, we want this fruit, we desire this stuff. Hard, where do we get the sustenance? Now the answer is not what you think it is. You see, the answer, for years I thought it was I need to do more. And after serving Jesus for a good couple of years now, I think I'm starting to realize it's about surrendering more. It's not about doing, it's about doing this mechanical stuff. It's about actually surrendering more. And... Um, putting aside my agenda, my way of thinking, my preconceived ideas or my conditions that I come to God, pathetic, me, me, pathetic, come to God with these conditions and I say, oh God, if, 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 then, then, (laughs) no, I say, oh Lord, oh, what do you want? What do you come, please come do your work inside of me. I want to walk in step with the Spirit. So do you know where we get this sustenance from? By being captivated by this incredible Savior, Jesus Christ by being so captivated by the gospel and the hugeness of what Jesus has done for us. That's our sustenance, by walking by the Spirit. Now, that can sound a little bit weird when you, if, if you're hearing it for the first time. Walking by the Spirit is not some weird, mystical way of living, like you, oh, I'm going to walk by the Spirit, and now you're this weird dingbat that no one can relate to. I'm not saying that at all. Walking by the Spirit is so normal. We allow God... Um, it's a daily being ready to hear God's voice and respond accordingly in every area of our lives. 
That is a very, very brief summary of walking by the Spirit. It's a, it's a surrendering. It's a surrendering our lives to Him. We grow in our faith when we grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is and what He did for us. And we allow Him to change us. See, when we read His Word, it's not tick box Christianity. We don't go to this Word, oh, I've done my Christian thing for the day. No, we come to His Word and we say, oh, Lord, I want to hear Your voice. I want to hear, what do you want from me today? Reveal more of yourself to me. I want to open myself up to what you're saying, and I want to respond accordingly. I don't want to have a preconceived agenda. See, if I'm not captivated by someone, it's highly unlikely that I will allow that person to change me, in particular areas that I don't want to be changed. Because we've all got those. (laughs) But, oh, if a person has captured my heart, oh, man, oh, man, will I want to change for them. One last story, and then I'll close. Sorry, it's another story about me. Sorry. Um, when I first got married to my amazing, beautiful wife here, yeah, I'll try to tell the story without crying. <laughs> um, I was very impulsive. Uh, the one day, I picked her up from work. I sold her car. She didn't really know I sold it. <laughs> Surprise. Um, and uh, <laughs> I picked her up from work in a new car. And I was expecting, wow, this is amazing. Woo. And she was like, uh, and now? <laughs> I said, aren't you excited to get a new car? Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell she wasn't impressed. But the amazing, gracious, incredible wife that she is didn't say, you need to consult me in these things. You need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need to do this. Um, you see, what began to happen is as I spent time with her and got to know her more intimately and, and got to grow with her, I began to change. I didn't lose my God-given identity, my God-given Shane Cadmanness, but I began to change. I got to know her. I got to know what she likes, what she dislikes, what pleases her, what doesn't please her. I got to know her character, how incredible she is, how loving she is, how wise, how all the good things about her. And, and I got to know, and I'm still learning how to walk in step with her. Can you see the connection? Can you see the connection? See, I started to change because I knew her. I was so in love with her. I was so captivated by her that I wanted to change. I wanted to change for her. Not losing my own uniqueness, but I wanted to change for her. I'm so captivated by her, I wanted to open myself up to her and allow her to change me. And how can I tell that she's influenced me? Well, I recently bought a new car and it took me four years to decide. Um, so there's growth. Woo-hoo. <laughs> but if that's my amazing, and she is amazing, but she's flawed and she's broken and she's a sinner and, um, and she needs Jesus just like I need Jesus, just like I'm flawed and I'm broken. How, and she's influenced me like that. How much more than incredible, beautiful, magnificent God Almighty changing us, shaping us, molding us. See, as we long, see, if I'm captivated by amazing, my amazing wife, how much more when we know Jesus and we begin to open ourselves up to him and we begin to allow him to change us. See, as we long for Jesus and we long to spend time with him and we sow his word into our lives, the fruit of the spirit will begin to form. And this is the amazing thing, often without us even realizing it, often as we do the day to day. You know what? God is in the mundane. Someone said that to me once and it just clicked. God is in the mundane, ordinary, disciplined life. 
I, I don't buy this whoa, fanfare. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no, God is in the everyday, reading the word, praying, spending time with him. And what happens is we're slowly cultivating that garden inside of us because our souls are like a garden. Will we allow this incredible, gentle gardener to come and do his work inside of us? <sighs> what else do I have to say? It comes naturally. It's not forced out. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. If you're not feeling transformed after the transformed series, the very fact that you are wanting transformation is an indication that God is working in your life. It's the first step to surrenderedness. Where actually, I want to be transformed. Hey, you are 90% of the way there. Oh, and this magnificent Savior will do His work inside of you when we are captivated by Him and what He's done for us. Don't give up spending time with Him. Be patient with your growth. Behold Him. Be captivated by this incredible, gracious, loving, caring, good God. Allow Him to transform you. Allow Him to mold you and shape you. Oh man, you'll be an incredible person. Will you mess up? Absolutely. But you know what? He picks you up, He dusts you off, and He says, Let's go again, my son. Let's go again, my daughter. I've got you in the palm of my hand. Can we stand, please? <clears throat> While we were praying this morning, Candace had a... Candace, you're right. Candace had a, had, a, had a really great word, which I think ties in nicely to what I've said. Um, and I'm just going to... We're going to worship one more song, and then I think Brendan's going to close. I think. Um, I think so. Okay, I don't have a thing. Oh, there we are. <laughs> um, so while we were praying this morning, I was just feeling like maybe some of us are feeling disappointed with ourselves and that we've maybe there's like disappointment with where we're at or we thought we'd be further along or any disappointment in ourselves and we've taken that we've taken that disappointment we feel in ourselves and we've uh feeling like that's god's disappointment we've taken it as though god is disappointed with us and i really saw this picture of like a gray heart like a gray dead heart and we were crushed underneath this disappointment and as I've prayed that God would show truth into that and shine his truth and show us what the truth is about what he feels about us and we, he, and that he's happy with where we're at and that he's with us with where we're at and I saw almost this heart fill up with blood and just become like fleshy and pump and just beautiful and I just really maybe I should just pray for you <laughs> I really just pray that God that you would just show us the areas where we've just put disappointment on ourselves where we felt that you are disappointment disappointed with us and where the lies are Lord that you'll just shine your absolute truth there Jesus that you'll just fill us with your spirit God that you'll just fill us with your love and your kindness and that you'll show us that you love us God and we don't have to live with this gray pumpless heart God that we can live with your with your approval and affection upon us Jesus working with us Jesus with your Holy Spirit filling us Jesus thank you for every curse you're the cure for every sickness you're my healer for every soul